hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Talking about money with your partner is tough. We know because our first money talk was scary and hard. Talking about it on national TV is even scarier. How do we know? Because we just talked with two of the stars of the new show, Opportunity Knocks, on PBS. Hannah and Juliet are a lesbian couple from Philly who join us today to share their experience on this amazing new money show and the value of investing in yourself. You're listening to Queer Money episode number 362. So let's get on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Welcome, Hannah and Juliet, to the Queer Money Podcast. We're excited to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Of course. For our listeners and viewers, would you mind identifying who each of you is, please? I'm Hannah, and I live in Philadelphia with my wife and our baby. I'm Juliet. I am the wife and <laughs> also live in Philadelphia with our child. And yeah, we're, we're happy to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so I think it's, it's so exciting when we get reached out by a PR company to promote something of whoever their client is, that when we say, is there any sort of LGBTQ angle here that somebody says, yes, there actually is. Because so often, as we discussed before the show, it doesn't happen. <laughs> and there's really no connection to our community and whatever, whatever it is somebody else is trying to sell. But you two are contestants, I guess is the word. <laughs> it's not a contest. Participants. Yeah. Participants, yeah. Better, better word. <laughs> oh, on a lovely show on PBS called Opportunity Knox, where the different participants are teamed up with different coaches. Our friend Gene Chatsky happens to be your coach. Patrice Washington happens to be somebody else's coach, another friend of ours. So it's great to see all these people. But what they what they're doing is helping people guide them through their financial journey on a path to financial security. And I'd love we Dave and I are just so excited that they included an, an LGBTQ or same sex couple because it's so often we get overlooked. So with that, how did you guys get on the, the show Opportunity Knox? <laughs> so we were talking about like what our goal financial goals were and we were in the middle of like paying for daycare paying for our student loans and we we were having like a black coffee type of conversation about our money and we were like this i guess we'll wait until she's five and like is in kindergarten <laughs> to be able to talk about another kid and then jules saw this this advertising on Facebook looking for a teacher in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, they were like looking for a participant to help with your financial goals. And we knew it was going to be reality TV. We both consume a lot of reality TV. <laughs> and had zero desire. And had, <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> but we like also knew 
both our personal financial history, our like generational financial history, and knowing that we wanted something bigger and better for our for our kid, we were like, okay, let's just try it. Then we're ne- we're never gonna get picked. Like it was like you had to fill out like three questions and submit a picture. And I I remember sending the like Christmas card photo we were using at the time. <laughs> and then we got asked to be in a Zoom interview. And I was like, oh, this is just going to be something we laugh about, like, uh, with our family at Christmas. And then Jules was another Zoom interview. It was another Zoom interview. And then they told us we were chosen for the show. Wow. That's so fun. I didn't, you know, <laughs> and I now didn't... it is something your family is definitely going to laugh about over Christmas, right? <laughs> yeah, they will laugh with us. Or at us. <laughs> That's so awesome. I you know you see these things on. I try not to click on too many things on Facebook, you know, because I don't want them to capture all that stuff. And they probably are anyway. But it's so weird. I never, you know, I never would have thought to apply for a show one and two. I would never think that we would ever get picked for anything. So that's so it's so fun and exciting. <laughs> I will say, we don't consume much reality television, but. He would like to be on the Amazing Race. I don't oh, think our yeah. marriage would survive yes. it. No, but <laughs> we would be good. We would be good. We'd travel. More power to you for actually signing up and doing this, <laughs> yeah. right? So, what was your whole experience like? Like the tell us the, the all the ins and outs. Like the camera crew coming to your house, all of that, the divulging such personal stuff to the that world? your NDA allows you to share. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have, we, uh, I don't know. Let's, yeah. Get, get Steven back on the line. <laughs> um, we live in like a very, we bought a house when we thought we could um, and with what we could afford. Mm-hmm. And so it's very small. It's a very small row home in Philadelphia. And if anybody has not been involved in like TV production, which we had not, they just like came into our house and they were they they were right at home they like helped move stuff and like help like was figuring out the lighting and it was really wild at first to just like be like oh hello welcome <laughs> in and now like the setup begins until then it it almost didn't feel real because everything was like done on zoom and so it's like still like am I being scammed? Like, what is this? Um, So until people like walked in like with cameras and were like micing us up, I really didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And I think I kind of thought it was going to be like being on six ABC, you know, there's like one camera guy and then like one microphone person. And it was like, not like that. There were like people hiding in different spots <laughs> in our house, like in our patio. It was you couldn't yeah. move. It was kind of funny. They made Bring it work. a whole crew, right? A little daunting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. And so, when how do they prime you for the show? How do they prepare you for like? I mean, because talking about money is a very personal discussion, and lots of people don't want to have it. I have to applaud you for even trying to start this discussion before the show before you applied for the show, because some people have a lot of emotions about it. So what was it like divulging your personal financial situation to one, all these strangers who are in your house, people you don't know, and then knowing that if everything goes well, it's going to be broadcast on national TV. Yeah. I think that was like, 
like our biggest hope and prayer was that it was going to end up on the cutting room floor and like totally forgotten about because it is kind of like, like, all right. It feels like you're being a little exposed or naked, like in a, like a exposed sounds like a more too strong, but it's, it is like an exercise of being like, okay, I'm telling you the things that like, I don't necessarily wear on my sleeve in the hopes that other people are in similar spots that will yeah that that would get something would be able to relate to especially like the student debt crisis like i feel like there's so many people in their 30s who like want to start families or buy a home who are just like drowning so i i think that gave me a little peace of mind i don't know about you though yeah i mean it was like i think we're like pretty honest about our our debt because it's kind of like you know, like with like debt cancellation talk and everything, it's like debt should be like, just like the student debt crisis is wild. And it's not a question of like being forgiven for like, you know, like choosing higher education and like trying to make this place better. And so it's like, I don't really want to ask forgiveness for something. Like I, like I want the, the help to get out of this debt, but I don't necessarily need like forgiveness. I don't think I made a mistake it's just like the education piece that I didn't know about finances before. But it was like, it was scary to like divulge it to like, who knows who. And we joked like, we were like, Gene, we didn't like in full disclosure, we did not really know who Gene Chatsky was like before we were coached with her. Although I did call my mom when we found out and my mom was telling me all about her. So my mom was a fan. Now we are Gene, Chats- Gene Chatsky's like biggest stands. But we told her, like, when she got to our house, we were like, all right, Jean, like, read us to filth. Like, like, what are we going to do about this? Like, and she created, like, such, like, a a calm and, like, a non-judgmental, like, environment that was, like, really helpful for me to, like, kind of forget that this was, like, then this was actually a TV show. And, like, it was then going to be shown to everybody. It was, like, calm right at my table. And so then I felt better to, like, divulge it. Yeah. So a little background. Um, I don't think that my family really understood what David and I were doing with our business or thought it was really anything serious or real until we were at a conference the first time that we met Jean when we took a picture with her. And my, my, when I sent that picture home to my family, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you know who Jean Jasky is. is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, this thing you're doing is real. <laughs> 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 But you're right. Gina's very down to earth and very pragmatic and very easy to talk to. And so I can understand why you would get that vibe with her. And she's a great person to be paired with because she's been a super advocate for, of the LGBTQ community for years. So with that, how did you feel about as a same-sex couple, as an LGBTQ couple, about being included on a show like this? Um. Well, I think you never want to be assumed as like a monolith for the LGBTQ experience because our community is so beautiful, but also is so encompassing. So my experience is not going to be the same as somebody else's, but I was kind of, I feel like when you're getting thrown in with other couples from different backgrounds and you know, you're the only gay ones, you're like guard goes all the way. <laughs> you're like, right. You're like, I don't know where, like what biases people have, but the whole experience was like super pleasant and fun. And I think like 
some of our best friends from the show are Tiffany and Charles, who are great. And like, if you had told me I would be like texting with a, a straight black pastor couple, I would be like, from Louisiana. Like, Louisiana. I'd be like, right. so we we only saw three episodes and we only saw a little segment with them but when i saw saw the little the little bit that we did see of them we're like we like them (laughs) and i love that he's the uh, the episode that we watched he's like i need some shredded tacos right now and she's like let's do it and i'm like i need some shredded tacos right now So that I I just I love that I love the inclusion of it and I love the connection that of these seemingly disparate communities can make. It kind of you know we all hear the 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 adage that we're more alike than we are different, but it's harder to actually live that. And especially when you watch the news, it's harder to hard to believe that. But it's an example of that these seemingly disparate communities can totally connect. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. So with all that, what did you learn from your experience, mostly from the personal finance perspective with being on the show and working with Gene? One thing we learned, I think, is to forward plan. You know, I feel like we were like planning for like the big things. So we knew like mortgage, daycare, you know, like the big bills that went out, but we weren't really like taking into account of like, oh, I have to run to the store for you know, like one thing. And then you walk out of target with a, a cart full. Um, Every so we time, really I've like, never done that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like, I, we just like weren't aware of our spending kind of. And so I think we learned to, to like focus more on like where our money is going and like how to make it work for us. And I, I think like Jean also talks about how emotions can be tied to your spending. And so like, it helps me to think about like, okay, I just had a really bad week. Do you really, is this the time to go to Target or what need is that trying to fill? And another thing that like I learned was about like the looking forward things about it might not be the mortgage, but like May's birthday is next month. And Jules kind of laughed because like maybe two months ago, there was an Amazon box with dinosaur gift bags, like for goodie bags and like tablecloths. And just like being able to like, like do those little things like a little bit at a time so that when it is time for the birthday party, you're not like, holy moly, my credit card's on fire. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Exactly. hundred percent. You brought this up. I don't know whether to call Juliet or Jules because the way you just said that, but you you brought up this idea of forward thinking and thinking about your money and where it's going. There was kind of a moment that John and I looked at each other when we were watching this and we're like, okay, did that really happen or was that creative editing? And that was when Gene asked you if you budget together because you both kind of looked at each other... <laughs> 
And it took a little while for a response to come out. <laughs> so first of all, did that really happen? And 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 how is how how is that kind of that discussion changed with what you do with money now? I think it really happened. I don't yeah. like I don't really remember. Like I don't think I I've seen this yet. But I, yeah, I think it happened. I feel like we look to each other a lot to be like like, you know, it's like your partner. So it's like you you look to them for like, okay, like, wait, what? Do we do that? Like kind of reassurance. But I think it's also like we like budget. What does that mean to like me? And what does that mean to you? And so it's like we budget for the mortgage. Like we know that we know like those big things. And so it's kind of like this, like, are we like, is this a trick question? Do we budget? I really don't know. And I think our we like got together when we were in our 20s. Do you know what I mean? So like, which like, like we were like 22 or 23, like you, your frontal lobe isn't developed yet. But so <laughs> I like when I feel like what would happen is we, we kept so much separate and there were different times in our lives that one of us was supporting the other person. And we always say this thing that like it comes out, whatever, it's like going to come out in the wash. But then when it's like, do we know what's coming out in the wash? (laughs) How much is coming out in the wash? Where is it landing? So that was the piece that it made us really focus on the daily spending because it was like, again, Jules keeps talking about how we knew like our credit was was wicked good because we pay our, we always paid our bills, but it was just, I was doing like a lot of swiping and praying, like not looking at what was in my account and then just like trying to live my best life. And with, and then when you have these like financial goals that you're now with somebody else and with a family, you're like, wow, that behavior needs to stop. And like, I need to, we need to be on the same page. Can I ask you about that? We just said right there that you were sort of swiping and praying and living your best life. (laughs) Did you know before the show, did you know that that's what you were doing? Were you consciously aware that maybe I really shouldn't be spending this way or, or swiping the card this way? Or was it only made aware sort of when you started to have the discussion with Juliet and about through the show? I think when I realized part of it was when we had May and wanting there to be wanting there to be money in my savings account to cover a, a maternity leave. And knowing that I wasn't in the space that I wanted to be set up for to go out on leave and to be able to take unpaid time because maternity leave and parental leave in this country is is horrific. Yes. And that was starting to be the eye opener. And then May was turning two when we started this. So like like the party was stopping for me in terms, but the thing is, is something that I learned through Jean and this whole process is through budgeting and knowing like, and being aware, it's like, there's so much more freedom that comes in that than like, oh, um, oh, like putting your card down at like for a night out. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It makes a hundred percent. It's interesting that you mentioned that you started to have these feelings when you had May, 
because David and I have said anecdotally for a long time that one of the challenges that the LGBTQ community has is that we don't we don't have the same life experiences typically at the same pace that the general population does. That may be changing now with more acceptance and inclusion, but especially for those of us who are older, we didn't have our first date with the person that we actually wanted to have a date with until we were in our 20s and 30s, and sometimes even later. We didn't have our first kiss until later. So those things that our friends had in grade school and high school, we didn't really have those, at least authentically, until we were older. And then many of us, I mean, according to, to the Williams Institute, only about 20% of us have in the LGBTQ community have children. And for that, that seems to be a critical moment for a lot of people in the general population to say, okay, this is more than just about me. It's not about me anymore. It's actually about somebody else. And very likely it's about a couple of, at, at least two other people now. So I've got to start to live accordingly. And, and many of us don't have that. And when we do have that, it's typically later. I wonder, you know, what are you, any, any sort of thoughts about that from your own experience and the people in, in, in the LGBTQ people in your life? Um, not even just LGBTQ, but thinking about like growing up like myself and, and like, you know, like I wasn't necessarily, I don't think I knew at 18 when I signed off on all these college loans, like how much, how much it really meant and what it meant and how long I would be paying. And so now knowing that and being responsible for someone else, it's kind of like, that's the eye opener where, you know, I want to leave her in a better place and I want to educate her more fully around the finances of it all. And so I think that's, that was like a big, big part of it. Like how to set May up for whatever she wants to do in a better financial standing. And then anything else about our friends or anything? I don't know about that, but you're so right about how I feel like I've talked to people who are recently coming out like later in life and kind of doing the like baby deer walk through it all. And it's like, no, that feeling is totally normal because you're going through your second adolescence. Like, so all those experiences that you had that people had in junior high, like we're all having now. And it's like, really cringy, but it it gets better. Right. Yeah. One thing I did appreciate that you were talking about this, again, similar to what John said, was the swiping and praying. And now you're what we call money conscious. And there's a lot of people who use that term, money conscious, right? You're, You're aware. Where is my money going? Where is my money coming in? How am I using it? And it's no different than any other tool, right? You're, you you want to boil water, you have only a couple of tools. You're not going to boil water with a knife, right? You only have a couple of tools in your kitchen that are actually going to boil water. Well, the same thing goes with our money. And the more conscious we are, the more we're able to see the tool that it can be used for and, and adaptability that it has to provide the things that we want in our lives. Like, you know, I, I will say that one of the things that John and I, saw in what we we've seen of the show and that is very common in the queer community is this desire to help other people desire to help other people with the careers that we have with the money that we have and all of this and i'm just kind of curious that it seems like there's a lot of people in the queer community who have a willingness to sacrifice their financial security 
maybe consciously, maybe unconsciously, sacrificing their financial security in maybe the careers that that we choose, the places that we choose to live, the ways in which we choose to use our money that that may we don't maybe be recognized as being maybe detrimental. How do you feel about that? I think one thing like like queer people in general have been, you know, like oppressed and ostracized for so long. And so, you know, like you build community with with people and, you know, like you hear people, you know, talking about like their chosen family, you know, being being queer is not always accepted. And so you have to find that community. And so I think part of it is like, you know, once you do find that community, you want to help somebody else find that community. And I feel like sometimes an easy way to do that is through some sort of financial means. And so financial means or financial sacrifice. And so part of it is, you know, like this lived experience of sometimes like, like I love being gay. I think it's really great, but it hasn't always been, you know, sometimes it really sucks, you know? sometimes it's really hard and so like for me personally it's like i would want to show people the yeah it might suck but also like look at this community look how great this community is and so i think that's part of like like historical and and how it would fit into finances now and i think also like about the historical piece and thinking about how how much trauma our community has been through over our generations. And I wonder how much of the you can't die with it attitude has been kind of like through our community. And so like we're not here for like a long time. We're here for a good time. <laughs> and how that can be detrimental. But I also think that there's this like, it's like go to a pride event And even in this wake of like people at protesting school boards and picture books, go to a pride event and you can't help but feel like almost a naive optimism. And, and I think like when I think about myself as choosing being a teacher and not becoming an administrator or not becoming like doing different things, I think it is rooted in that naive optimism of incremental change yeah Yeah, and i think like for you like thinking about like working with your students and like giving them a community you know like especially in the age of like don't say gay and and banning of picture books in schools and not feeling safe having students be able to have someone and see somebody like show that advocacy for them. Yeah, because I always say that like I I didn't have any family members who were out growing up in the early 90s and like how much of a difference if a teacher was like out would have made, I would have probably done a lot less risky behaviors trying to figure myself out. You're here, you're here. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think we're... Mm -hmm. But it's just like... And people ask, like I had older teachers ask me because I think sometimes they're, it like pushes against their own bias. And they say, well, when did you know? And I was like, when I'm thinking about it, I knew when I was eight. And when did you have your first crush? Luke Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like 
like, like so the like first time I, around <laughs> when i turn up that question on them and it's like oh when did you have your first crush yeah. most of them would say elementary school and they're like oh, oh. right want to kind of maybe steer back to the financial aspect of it though it sometimes seems like for our community there's this mindset of financial security and helping others are almost mutually ex- exclusive and is there a way for us to reframe that and kind of i think maybe the instigation of this question might have been the discussion that Juliet, you had when you were working with the coach on a different career path and the kind of the idea of, well, you can still help people and earn a a wage that is good. So that shows your value. And I know there isn't a question there, but I I guess (laughs) how how do we help reframe that for other people in the community? I think it's hard, like coming from my profession, because it's like, I'm locked into, I'm like, I'm very locked in, but I think like, and I believe in our profession and I believe that education is needed and public education is needed. And I think I can do both when voters are like pro union and my union is doing a really amazing job. They got us it doesn't might not sound like a lot, but it, every year for last year and then this year we got a three percent raise, and next year we are in our contract we will have another three percent raise, so nine percent over nice. three years. Like so, it again that op, that little optimism is of that collective when we're working as a collective good, because you're right, it shouldn't be mutually exclusive. We should be able to to help each other and also to to live a, a life that is full and a life that is healthy and minimize stress because I feel like that's where the financial health and the financial consciousness comes in is like I had no idea how much stress I was walking around with like every month every two weeks like and how liberating that is and how freeing that is when I'm still doing a job that I feel really great about. <laughs> so let me, can I ask you about that a little bit? So so if it sounds like I understood you correctly, then like every two weeks or so, I'm guessing pay period time or when the bank account was almost down to zero and t- right before pay, payday, which you've all had that experience. What what was what was the stress that you were dealing with? And, and when did you realize that you were carrying that stress in that reoccurring basis? I think the stress was like, am I going to overdraw my account? Am, am I going to have to put things on a credit card that is now going to set me, set, make up, make my next two weeks harder to make up and to try and save and get it all done. And I think like this also might be something that a lot of queer people like identify with if especially if you're like coming out experience was kind of lonely it's like this feeling like i have to do it all by myself i have to do it all alone and i wasn't i wasn't sharing that load with my partner even though like she has proved time and time and again that like she's in it with me she's here for me and it's like i was holding stuff tight to my chest because in like you have this feeling like i it has to be me i like i can't 
put my burden onto somebody. I don't know if this is making yeah. sense. Yeah. No, hundred percent. hundred percent. And so I'm curious, my follow-up question to that then is how is that showing up at your place of work? How is that showing up in the classroom with how you work with your colleagues and with how you work with your students? Do you think that, <laughs> do you think that spilled over? Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, I, you're smiling. I feel like you know that, like, I <laughs> take more on than I can handle. Like, and, and, I would say yes to everything. I, I Like, I didn't, like, I couldn't find the words no in my vocabulary. Like, I just now am learning that word. You also mentioned the idea of the, the stress and, and the the carrying of the stress, whether it was monthly or every two weeks, or whatever, a lot of people don't realize the stress that they're carrying until they have some indication that it's okay, or there is a way out of that stress, right? And so we carry that. This whole experience has that kind of conditioned you now to look out for and for that kind of stress. How are my finances? How are our finances stressing me as an individual, stressing us as a family? And where where am I maybe displacing that stress onto others? Yeah, I think like when you know, like like Hannah just talking about, you know, like May's birthday coming up and, you know, like her buying gift bags already. And so it's like, you know, something big is coming. And so like you can kind of like, take the stress and strides, you know, you can say like, Oh, okay. This is one less thing. this is one less thing. I'm the type of person that like, I don't necessarily do well with like a to-do list because it seems so overwhelming to me. Like that, like, I, like I like just like, will freeze. I'll be like, actually, I'm not going to do any of it now. <laughs> but then it's like that, that first step of like, once you cross one thing off or once you do one thing, you're like, Oh, okay. That's not so bad. But once like once I see like the whole picture, it's like very overwhelming to me. And so like knowing like the little things that you can work on and that you can get ahead of so that like it's not that like huge the 13th of the month when you're not getting paid for two days, you know, and you're like, oh, God, because you've already taken care of it along the way. So I think that's where like where we have like kind of done our own our own work to to work on that stress. And yeah, and you can't see the like see the forest through the trees when you're in it. And when Jean, I don't know if it was in the episode part you saw, I think I had this personal narrative that up oh, I'm a teacher, she's a social worker, we're just going to be poor and I can't like we're just gonna struggle this entire until the day I go home. <laughs> and when Jean looked at our stuff, because I was like, I have all this debt, da, 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 da. When she looked at her stuff and she's like doing basic math and she goes, it looks like there's enough money here. <laughs> and it was like in that moment, I like touched back down. And it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, like the expert is telling me I'm okay. And that this, because I was talking about it, like it was this thing, this big thing that was out of my control, that I have this lump of debt that I'm chipping away at. I have this salary that I'm hitting the cap at. And then I married a do-gooder. Like we (laughs) we just ended up being a couple of do-gooders. And so I had this like poor person mentality about that, that like, so when I had this expert say, no, there's enough money in the pot to work with. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So now it all of a sudden like reframed it to be like, 
what actions, what's in like the stuff that it, like I actually have control of, like not mm-hmm. going to target when I'm upset. Yeah. Was it a shock? Because John and I both chuckled. I mean, when we saw when she when she made that comment, because we did see that episode where where she said, you know, there is enough money here. We just don't know where it's going. <laughs> was it was it a shock to you to find out when you looked at where the money was going? Was it a shock to understand where the money that wasn't going to the student loans, to the mortgage, to all of those major payments? Were you like, oh, I guess maybe we do have more America. money than we thought. I mean, I mean like, we know. <laughs> we know ourselves. <laughs> we know ourselves. It's a dirty we little know. secret. Yeah, we know <laughs> we like to like take walks and fall into a happy hour. You know, like we like we know ourselves. We, you know, like South Street like every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we like good food. Like we enjoy each other's company. Like Philadelphia is a great food city, and so it's like we know our vices. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't a shock. Maybe the amount. I think uh, the amount of like fine wine and good spirits. I was shocked at. Ditto. We, we were the exact same way. Exact same way. We were like, how much are we spending on wine? On paper, we're yeah. rock stars. <laughs> wow. We party that much? Jeez, that's a little bit excessive. Yeah. <laughs> so with all that, so when you... so. And what what can you share with our audience you know, with with the work that you do the gene or that you've been doing together since then what would your general one two three steps of action actionable advice that you think other queer people other queer couples might want to consider trying themselves to move themselves along the the financial journey without maybe having to go on national television to do it yeah I, yeah <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Know what's coming in and know what's coming out. And like, really, like, you have to know, like, what you want, like, both like now and in five years. And and you really just like have to like do like the numbers. Like, you really have to just like know it and look at it and not just like, turn your cheek and be like, well, that's tomorrow's problem. You just really have to like, look at it. And I feel like this is the suggestion that like, is the most annoying. And like, I can hear your listeners eye roll is like meal planning. I feel like that was like the number one thing that would help us not because we had this idea of what we were spending a week at the grocery store. But then when we put together, oh, I stopped for this you stopped for that did it like for a week i'm like what like we are not a catering company (laughs) (laughs) or a family of 17 (laughs) (laughs) like what are we doing so being and especially in this time when we're seeing like the price of food going up that that was something that was helpful for our family and like it got away from us if i'm being completely honest this past like two weeks actually I think that I'm doing good this week <laughs> with the meal planning. So I take it back. <laughs> yeah. So with uh, when you when you share those three or four steps there, in hindsight, how hard was it to actually start doing those three to four steps that might have seemed monumental before this experience? Yeah, not as hard as like having to do it on national TV. You know, like <laughs> definitely not. 
no, like I said, like it was like scary at first, like looking at it all at first because it's, I don't know if like we haven't seen the whole show yet. So I don't know if it made it on or whatever. But one thing I said, I'm getting over some toddler germs. One thing was just like, like, we don't know what we don't know. And so like, you know, like we never took finance. We don't, we don't know how to have money work. We don't know how money works, period. And so I think like that kind of kept me away where it's like, well, I just don't know. So I'm just going to try my best. And then when Jean, you know, like was like doing basic math and I was like, okay, well, I know how to do that. It really wasn't like as hard. It was more like annoying at first. And then you just like, it's just like breaking habits, you know, and then like building better habits. And once you build those better habits, you don't realize you're doing them anymore. It's just like bad habits, you know, it's. Yeah, just and I feel it. like the happy hour thing, we, like, made a house rule of just once a week. <laughs> Which... <laughs> it how often it has it been? It no. <laughs> <laughs> you have weeks when you win, you have weeks when you lose, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, when it's 70 degrees in November, like, I mean, climate change is, like, terrifying, but... It's a good time for margarita. Yeah. <laughs> so this episode is is being slotted into our investing series. And part of the reason why this is being slotted into our investing series is because obviously this is not an episode about investing, right? But it is an episode about investing, investing in yourself, investing in the time to understand where your money is at, investing in creative opportunities when it comes to your career. We didn't talk much about what what has happened with your career, Juliet, but would you say that the investment that you have made into all of this is one, a wise investment, and two, when you first start investing, it gets it can get really, you get really anxious. Like I'm not making a lot of progress. I'm not making a lot of progress. But then a year or two or five years later, you're like, wow, look at how much we have now. Do you feel like you're on that path with the investment of your time and energy into what you're doing now? Yeah. For me personally, I mean, I'm a social worker and we talk about like, like behavior changes and everything. And so like, we talk about like extinction bursts, you know, like with behavior. So like when when you're working on a behavior, like sometimes it gets worse before it gets better because it's like you're you're fighting against something. And so I think like we can see like where like the investment in ourselves like can and is like moving us forward. And also just like knowing when to stop and relook at something and say like, that's not going to help us in three years, you know, and it might be okay now, but that's not going to help us in three years. And so like really focusing on, on that investment. Well, I was going to say the investment in our communication too, I think is so beneficial for couples. And at the time in the show, I had been making a LGBTQ curriculum that I look for a website called teachers paid teachers to sell and I had made some, and I put so much work in it last summer, two summers ago, and it sold like $30 worth of stuff. And how like, and Jules was like, if you divided that by the hours, that's like a half a cent. <laughs> it was 
She could do that math, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So she was like, like she believed in it, but it was just like, okay, is it going to be worth the investment? And then Jean hooked me up with a mentor who was making a lot, a teacher who was making a lot of money doing it. And so last year I made $30. So far this year I've made over 400, which is like, like that's a huge change from last year Mm -hmm. at this time. But like the same thing, like thinking about it, what what is it going to be like in five years down the road? You know, because now this stuff, like getting something off the ground when you when you're building a product you believe in it's it's like almost like your baby kind of and then just hoping that it keeps growing because i i've said to people that the first time i heard about lgbtq history was about the aids epidemic and i was in 10th grade us history and so my first exposure to the queer community in a classroom setting was about queer pain and queer trauma And we are so much more than queer pain and queer trauma. We have this beautiful history of resistance in this country and civil rights that is really exciting if you frame it that way for kids. Mm -hmm. Kids will be able to see themselves in their classrooms. And then the straight children that are in those classrooms will become better allies. So hopefully if I I talk to you next year, it'll be more than $400. Nice. Nice. I have no doubt. But yeah, so it it just shows. I think this is to David's point. Like this is this is something a topic talking about money is something that people are really averse to. There's a lot of emotions as Jean shared with you tied to it. Most people feel like they're not doing it right or don't know how to do it right, and they've they've got to do it alone. So it sounds like from your experience that you're going through uh, with being on Opportunity Knox and working with Jean that as hard as that discussion might be, and as hard as it might be in the beginning, that it's worth the time, it's worth the effort, and it's worth if if you need to connecting with some sort of a mentor or a coach to help you out with that. Absolutely. And there's so many resources available that like you don't have to do it alone. You know, like the Opportunity Knocks, Opportunity Finder, <laughs> that's helpful. Like there's so many community resources. It's like you don't have to do it alone. And when it seems so overwhelming, you can ask questions and and like that that fear you know, like the fear of like Gene Chatsky knocking on my door and opening up my checkbook, you know, like that's that's temporary so that like I can make this bigger change for my family. Yeah. And like like about things we don't know what we don't know. I we were doing our taxes through a major like tax. I'm not going to say anybody's name, <laughs> but like one that has lots of commercials and they were like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> those are scams. <laughs> so it's just like, like those little things that we're going to take into our next tax year. I, I was going to add, you you mentioned the the investment has paid off in your relationship and your communication with each other. And it was kind of funny. John and I uh, did a podcast several years ago and there was a survey that basically said that couples who talk to each other about their money report 58% of couples who talk to each other about their money report having better sex. And we always kind of thought it was funny that that was the case, but you know, that the truth is, is when you're 
when you have enough trust in each other to talk about money together, one of the, the things that many of us avoid talking about, it really does show how much you your relationship can grow in other ways than just your money. Because when you start talking about money, you start talking about what you want, what you want mm-hmm. your money to do for you. And that means goals and exciting things and fun things. It doesn't have to be this dark cloud over you when you start talking about money. There's so many fun things that money can and should do for us and lift us up if we can be comfortable having a couple of maybe embarrassing moments or the being ta- talking about the mistakes that we've made and how we can learn from them so we don't make them too many times again in the future. <laughs> yeah, communication doesn't end at the bedroom door. Yeah, you know, no, so not. that's a tagline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that will be one of the quotes we'll have. So thank you so much for one having the courage to be on the show, and I know that probably wasn't necessarily your intent to be a representative for the community, but I think you guys are a great representation for the community, and hopefully it get, encourages other LGBTQ folks, uh, couples, throuples, whatever relationship that you're in, to start having these conversations because it is as I think you're articulating, it is empowering and it does set you up for less stress and for hopefully more excitement and and achieving your goals in the future. So with that, where all can our listeners, where can our listeners catch Opportunity Knocks and and dial in with the show? So it is streaming on PBS Passport and it will be like on your, your local PBS station at different times. And then also on OpportunityKnocks.net. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, you know I'm not I'm not 100 certain on this, but I think that for PBS Passport, you just need to go through your local PBS station, and I think there's a, a small donation, and you get access to it, right? So it's something that is good for the community, your local community, and you get some, you get to watch these lovely. Women, and I'll add there have been <laughs> there have been several attempts to do a reality show tied to personal finance in the past, and the, the model hasn't necessarily gelled right because it seems a little bit too, I don't know, advertorial, bombastic in a way, and doesn't necessarily provide I think value for the the watchers. But I think this is it's almost like watching like house hunters, right? Like how does this couple afford this house? There's no way that's not even true. But, and and I can't relate to that, but I think what, what the show has done great was provide a diverse group of people with very common problems that a lot, that almost every household family individual has dealt with, with their finances and provide clear, actionable tips and guidance and resources for how people can apply what they're learning as they're watching in a fun way to their own life. So I, I would highly encourage people to check it out. It's Dave and I really enjoyed the the few episodes we've been able to see so far. So thank you again for your time. We appreciate it. And we can't wait for our audience to, to hear your show. All right. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. Here's your takeaway from this episode. We've said it before. We'll say it again, probably lots of times. Partners who talk with each other about money do better with their money and have more intimate relations. Talk with your partner or partners about money. 
And watching Hannah and Juliet on Opportunity Talks on PBS may be an easy way to start that conversation. Then join us this Thursday for another bonus crew money when we share three ways to save for a rainy day fund. And then next Tuesday or next year when we talk about who knows what. <laughs> That's next year, but it's going to be good. Bye and have a great week or rest of the year. <laughs>